0: You're listening to the O'Reilly Radar Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Webb. This week, I talk with Aliona Medellian, co-founder and CEO at Thematic and founder and CEO at Intopics. We talk about natural language understanding, the challenges of analyzing unstructured text, and her open source project, Maui, that she's been working on for the past 10 years. Enjoy the episode. Well, thank you for joining me today, Aliona. No worries. So let's start with a little bit about your background and what you're up to now.
1: Sure. So I did my PhD at the Waikato University in the area of natural language processing and machine learning and specializing in understanding what documents are about, or in other words, extracting keywords from documents. And this kind of has been a thread throughout my whole career, writing different algorithms and coming up with products for dealing with text and understanding what it means or summarizing its meaning. So um, after I finished my PhD, I also did an internship at Google. And then I joined a startup in New Zealand as employee number one called Pingar. And there we have created one of the first text analytics APIs and tried marketing it that way. Then I went on maternity leave and decided not to go back to finger and instead started my own consulting around my PhD work, gradually adding other things. And I noticed a very common issue that people ask me for help with is understanding what people are saying in surveys or on social media. And this is how I started my second company called Thematic, where we specifically built a product for addressing that need. Cool. So this is what I'm doing right now, kind of juggling two companies, the consulting and um, the customer experience um, NLP as well.
0: Right, right. And can you talk a little bit about the difference between natural language understanding and natural language processing?
1: Yeah, so um, natural language understanding is really a sub area of um, NLP. And in general, NLP deals with using computers to understand human language. But not all NLP tasks require actual understanding. For example, if we take part of speech tagging, when an algorithm decides whether a word is a noun or an adjective or a verb, um, in order for the algorithm to perform this accurately, we don't really need to know what the words mean. You can achieve quite a lot by simply counting how many times part of speech tags follow each other and... You know, very simple techniques would be sufficient. But on the other hand, if we would be building a dialogue a- agent, a chatbot like Siri, for example, in order to respond meaningfully, Siri would need to understand what, sh- what each of our statements mean. And um, this is where the understanding comes in. And so you mentioned
0: Siri, but what are some of the practical applications, kind of real-world applications of NLU and NLP that you're seeing businesses implement today?
1: Um, I think a lot of that uh, what can be done with NLU is, is very practical. I'm actually in Portugal at the moment, and I don't know any Portuguese. And every, uh, every time I go to a restaurant or buy groceries or search for places, I use Google Translate. <laughs> so it's um, quite practical. Um, but in terms of what everyday other businesses, not just giants like Google and Apple, um, can do with NLP, um, I think the key example would be understanding customer feedback. Mm -hmm. Because these days, pretty much everybody has a smartphone and uh, they use, everybody has written a review for a a company if they were, if they liked their services or they didn't. People send complaints and so on. And with all of this text, um, businesses become more competitive because they know people can read all this data. So um, sentiment analysis, one of the techniques which uses um, natural language understanding to under- not just understand whether customers are happy or said, but also what are the specific things that they're saying that, that the business are good at or which ones they can improve. And this can practically help them to um, compete and get better at, at their offerings. Right.
0: And is that mostly from a marketing perspective or are there other applications inside businesses? Um, like a marketing customer service kind of thing, but are there other aspects?
1: Um, other aspects of the same thing would be um, looking at uh, business strategy. So um, deciding how, what, what are the different things um, business can do long term in order to improve their customer feedback and their performance. Um, other application of the practical application of NOU would be also automating some of the tasks that are currently um, done by people. And um, there could be all sorts of tasks related to reading text, analyzing text.
0: Well, interesting. Um, so you talked a little bit about um, Thematic, and can you talk a little bit also about your open source project Maui?
1: Yeah, sure. So and,
0: and and how the how the two how it differs from Thematic?
1: Yeah. So Maui was a result of my PhD work at uh, Waikato University and. They have a res- research group that focuses on digital libraries. Mm-hmm. And in a traditional library, a librarian categorizes books so that people can find them. In a digital library, Maui takes this role identifying what each book or each document is about. Um, so this is what Maui does, but um, its results can be used to improve search and organize documents, but it's just one of the applications. I also helped um, companies apply Maui in, Many interesting ways. One company used it to link advertisers to web pages to display content-relevant ads. Mm-hmm. And another used it to send users content recommendations. And um, how it differs from thematic is um, thematic is specifically designed to analyze short pieces of text, something that Maui doesn't do well. So um, Maui worked great right on written documents um, where people actually thought about how to write them. And um, thematic uh, works better on short text. And can detect more fluid themes than Maui.
0: Oh, well, interesting! And so these are both dealing with uh, unstructured text. Is that correct? Yeah. And what are some of the challenges in addressing that in the into analyzing unstructured text that you're coming across?
1: The ch- the main challenge is that people can express the same thing in a multitude of ways. Uh, one example I used in in a recent presentation was uh, people complaining about a wet paper being delivered to their houses. So it's a data set of survey responses for a media company, for um, one that's published newspapers. And so they deliver newspapers, and many people are saying, but the paper was wet, so I wasn't able to read it. So we um, thought about how many ways are there to, to say the same thing. And there are many synonyms for wet, like drained, or... Um, soaked and there are also many ways of saying newspaper some people just say paper some write newspapers to words and then there's many ways of combining them into a phrase my newspaper was wet or i hate when newspaper is delivered completely soaked so the main challenge is figuring out that what these two people are saying is actually the same thing
0: so with maui how accurate is it and how can we be sure that an algorithm is as accurate as a human
1: That's a very good question, because when I was doing my PhD, of course, I had to prove that what I'm developing is actually of a superior quality to a baseline, for example, a baseline algorithm, something very simple. And um, when analyzing a document and figuring figuring out what are the key topics, even people would have different opinions, particularly novices who've never done something like this before. So, um... What I've done is actually comp- I compared it to performance of professional indexers. I had a group of six professional librarians analyzing the same 30 documents. And this is something they do every day. When I compared them with each other, I figured out that their agreement was about 40%. This just shows how complicated it is to to do this task, even for a computer, if even people only agree with each other. <laughs> right? <laughs> so little. Um And this way, I could actually treat computer as another as another person and compare it in exactly the same way. So I could compare it with each of the professional indexers to see what is their overlap and what's the um, what's the average agreement of the algorithm with other people. And unfortunately, in the work in that experiment, Maui came two percent short of um, of the agreement that people had. But I did a different experiment where students, computer science students, were assigning keywords to computer science articles. And there, Maui was uh, better than the average group of students. Interesting. And what made you decide to open
0: source the Maui project?
1: (laughs) This was actually a requirement. When I did my PhD, one of the things that my supervisor said, all of my students must open source the algorithm that they developed. And it's the policy that he came up with. So Ian Witten was my supervisor. And I think it was a brilliant decision. By open sourcing, you're basically putting your work out there and um, you can benefit in many different ways by seeing other people using your things and therefore being motivated or by learning to actually do the things properly so that when you open source it, you're not embarrassed at (laughs) at what it looks like. So you actually take more care and you learn more skills. I also think that having an open source library helped me build my own profile as well, because so many people know me as the creator of Maui and this has helped me with starting the consultancy. Interesting.
0: And so what are you finding exciting today in the world of text analytics? When you you read papers and reports and and are doing research, what is it that you read and what areas are you finding most interesting?
1: This is a very good question. Many believe that computers will never be able to understand us 100%. And I would agree with that. After all, we people never fully understand each other. (laughs) What I find most fascinating is stories about cases where computers did perform as well as a person on a specific task that requires understanding of language. And I also find it very interesting to read about how businesses use clever tricks to overcome the limitations of technology. Um, For example, a recent Bloomberg article called Humans Hiding Behind Chatbots explains how um, the company X.ai, a personal assistant company, uses people to analyze meeting scheduling emails when algorithm isn't confident enough. I think it's pretty exciting that natural language understanding solves more and more mundane tasks, saving people's time and so that we can focus on more interesting and more rewarding things. And so
0: when, when looking at the big picture, how are you seeing NLU and NLP affecting business models? And, and what do you expect to see in the future?
1: I think that chatbots and automated personal assistants, even though currently not uh, particularly well advanced in what they're doing and you know require a lot of human humans helping will still become more prevalent in the future and that would mean that we won't need to interact with people as often Hmm. so just like online banking made the cost of making transactions cheaper customer support will become cheaper too thanks to chatbots and on the yeah, on yeah. the other hand, businesses will compete on providing the best deals and the best customer service for their customers. And I think they will use more and more natural language understanding to to um, figure out what, what do people say about their own business, about their competitors, about the products. And, but in the end, we, we as customers will be the one who, who will benefit from, from all of this.
0: That's really interesting. There was somebody talking recently about um, the bot situation and how companies that, that have this going on. one of the things they're seeing are like you know an increase in, in calls and, and conversations in the evening with the elderly calling in to, to have company talking with bots. Do you think we'll we'll arrive? What was that movie called her?
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you
0: think we'll arrive at a situation like that?
1: Yes, um, I have read many many news articles about this. Um, how chatbots specifically designed to keep people company and um, entertain them for sure.
0: So shifting gears just a little bit, can you talk about the challenges of founding a company? Uh, you founded two and really three, I guess, if you count the Maui project. And, and what kinds of advice would you offer to people considering that path?
1: I, um, to be honest, I always had the plan of um, starting a product-based company rather than a services-based company. And for me, there is a natural progression between, um, between the two. I used the consulting part to help me figure out what, what kind of product would be in demand. And I would definitely recommend everybody to um, try to, to do the same thing. So either you do a lot of market research and speak to a lot of people or maybe you have the problem yourself. But if you don't, then consulting to other people who have the problem would help you f- figure out what would be the product company.
0: Right, right. And what about some some of the logistics? Like you have on within topics, you're the founder and with thematics, you're the co-founder. So how how do you so, look at that? Like, when do you know that you need a co-founder or when should you look for a co-founder?
1: Hmm. I think, um, things just emerge really. I, I never looked specifically for a co-founder because, um, I think it's about who you know and, um, who are the people who are interested in what you're doing and who are keen to join on your quest. Mm -hmm. And, um, To be honest, I've never made a decision that said, now I need a co-founder. It's just kind of evolved over time. And in many cases, people recommend when you're getting a co-founder for a company, not to actually search for a new person that you've never met before, but rather treat it almost like as a marriage. It's very important to get to know the person well before starting a company together. That's interesting. And what about in, in
0: building out your team? What were some of the major considerations there? Or what are they? I imagine you're still working on that.
1: Yeah, we definitely <laughs> still working on this. Um, so a major challenge is uh, the fact that in New Zealand, employing somebody is really a big deal. So you can't fire people easily. And so um, in many cases, instead of employing, we're actually contracting people. Mm. And But at the same time, it um, gives us an opportunity to see how good people are and uh, what is it like to work with them together? And um, it's almost a blessing in disguise the fact that employing people is not really an option for um for a small company like ours.
0: So in general and and also again on a personal level, what people or projects are you following? What are you finding personally interesting these days?
1: Um, I'm a big fan of open source, and so I follow developments of many you know deep learning, machine learning, and NLP libraries. Google Research recently published something, a a new library for dependency parsing that um, I found fascinating. I'm definitely going to try it out on my startup as well. But um, I've also recently got into podcasts and every time that, um, that I'm not doing something that requires listening to somebody else i try to listen to podcasts i love um, the startup podcast like the gimlet media one or the startup for the rest of us Mm -hmm. for bootstrapping business which is what i'm trying to do and it just also helps me to stay sane by keeping me motivated by hearing other people's stories Mm -hmm. on how they've done it before
0: well thank you so much for talking with me today aliana this has been a great time it was
1: pleasure thank you
0: You can find Aliona on Twitter at Zelandia, that's Z-E-L-A-N-D-I-Y-A. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, remember to subscribe to the O'Reilly Radar Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or SoundCloud so you never miss an episode.